So I, a, a couple of things that have really worked well for me. Um, I am very now open to different media, different ways of getting writing down. And mm-hmm. I just do whatever is I'm kind of pulled to in a moment. So it might be handwriting in a notebook. It might be typing on the computer. It might be typing on a typewriter, which I have. It might be going on a walk and dictating, but I don't judge any of them. It's like, Whatever I'm in the mood to do, I'm going to let that be the thing that I do right now. Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break, but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule, and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. Hey, did you know that there's a Facebook group filled with Moms Without Capes? Women who are learning that it's safe to take off the superwoman cape and take care of themselves? There sure is, and we'd love to have you in the group. Moms Without Capes is a free community for moms who feel overwhelmed, stressed out and exhausted from trying to do it all. Come discover who you are under that cape and give yourself permission to show yourself some love. Search Moms Without Capes when you're in Facebook or follow the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. See you there. We have today on the Moms Without Capes podcast, Mary Atkins. Welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you. Good to be here. So Mary is a writing coach and founder of the Book Incubator, a 12-month program to write, revise, and pitch your novel or memoir. She is author of multiple award-winning novels and published in 13 countries, and her essays and reporting have appeared in the New York Times, The Atlantic, Slate, and more. Her new memoir is due to come out in early 2024. You may be struggling to find time to even cook a meal, much less write an entire book. But today, Mary will be sharing with us how to not only make time for creativity, but you may just be inspired to finally write that book that's been burning inside of you. So before we get into all of that and and how you make time for creativity and all of the good things, can you please share with us more about your journey and what brought you to be where you are today? Sure. So I was actually... Um, I went to law school and was a very, very briefly a lawyer. I was only a lawyer for about seven months because when I started my my first law job, it became clear to me that what I what really what I had wanted to do since I was a child was write. And so I I had the luxury at this point. I was in my mid twenties. I was single. I was living in New York. Um, I did have student loans, but you know, there were generous income-based loan repayment plans. And so I quit my job as a lawyer and set out to be a writer. And long story short, I spent the next six or seven years working on my first novel before it was sold, before it was like good enough that someone wanted to actually publish it. Well, and then for purposes of, you know, your listeners, um, I think this is where things get interesting because that first novel, you know, I, I wrote when I was, I was not a mom yet. I was not a parent. I was mostly just a single person living in New New York tutoring to pay my bills. I just took a freelance job tutoring, former lawyer. (laughs) And when my second novel sold, it was actually the night that I had my, my son. 
And it sold on a proposal, meaning I hadn't written it yet. So I had just pitched the idea to my publisher. So I, I now had a contract to write my second book with a newborn at home. And so this was where really what everything I teach now and what I do today comes out of this, this experience, because everything that came before was very help was educational for me in the long term, but it was, I wasn't really carving out time because I had all the time in the world. Right. I <laughs> like imagine I, like, you. yeah, yeah. Side. <laughs> right. Whereas, whereas when I had like a three week old baby and a book contract for a book I hadn't yeah. written yet, like I felt I the pressure to find a way. <laughs> yeah. I had no choice. I had to find a way to be creative and to work that into my, my schedule. Um, and I did. And it was hard, but I did feel like after I had, had kind of figured out the process, it was like, oh, this is, I can teach people this. Like, this is cool. I have something to teach now. Yeah. Yeah. I, cause I actually, I, and I didn't really share this with you before I brought you, like before yeah. we hit record was that I have a book growing in me. And so that's why when you applied, I was like, oh, I'm like, this will kind of give me an opportunity to pick her brain. Oh, cool. I have like you know, I, I did the outline and I'm like, I am trying to like take all of the things that are in my mind and put it in this book. And I got to chapter two and I'm just like, I don't know. And then the last summer I'm like, I'm going to spend every day just writing 500 words. Cause I knew if I just set a little goal that I would like maybe. Yeah. Spend and even setting that goal, I did not do it. And I'm usually a pretty goal oriented, like let's sit down and take this action kind of person. But with the book, it is hard. And there's always seems to be other things vying for my time and attention. Yeah. And, and even though I know the whole premise of like where you, you know, you've got to really want it in order to, for it to happen. And, you know, if you want it bad enough, you'll carve out that time and these kinds of things. And that just makes me feel like maybe I need to get clearer. Like, where am I getting stuck at? And so that's one of the things that I'm like, what is keeping me from just sitting down and writing this book when I feel like I don't even know what it is that, what I don't want to say, I don't know what it is that I'm writing a book about, but like what I, I just found myself like stuck. And that's one of the things like, I know that many of the listeners to this podcast may feel that they have this book brewing. Yeah. In they have a story, but then there's other ones that feel that. Yeah. They don't even know, like, they're like, that's like the furthest thing from their mind because they're stuck in the everyday. Yeah. You know, just can I ask life. what is your, what kind of book is it? Is it fiction, nonfiction? It's nonfiction. It's nonfiction. Okay. And so it is based on like my, my um experience as like a recovering super mom, like based on like what okay. I said, like, like yeah. What, basis is on like my business and everything and how that experience has like shaped my relationships cool. and how the negative self-talk how that played a role and how and taking like some of my clinical experience as a therapist how I was able yeah. to those tools in order to get past the excuses I was making that were making me feel really guilty about spending any time mm. on my and so that that's what my book is about but I don't, I don't want this podcast to be about. <laughs> no, that's really cool. I also love the title Recovering Supermom. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I don't think even know if that's the cover <laughs> or the title. That it, would be a good, it would be a good title. I feel like that would be a good title. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that's a really good example because I think 
in terms of, okay, so first the people who might have a book in them and then the people who are like, that's the part that's big for my yes. mind. So first the people who have a book in them like you, I find that at first, okay, I find, this is what I find. And this is not just true for other people. It's for myself too. One, you, you got to get in it because once you're in it, you reach that point where you're like excited it's and it's almost like <laughs> it's got to come out. Right. Like, and it's not even the halfway point. It's like the one third point or something, right. or even like a quarter of the way in, but like around a quarter or a third in, it becomes harder to stop than to just keep going because you're right. like, well, I've come this far. And then you get excited about what's going to come next. And then it's just sort of it feels more downhill to me, but mm -hmm. it's that first chunk that I do think can be so hard to figure out. And one thing I have found works for people, again, including myself, because I'm doing this right now, I'm at the very beginning of a new project, is like really letting go of any ideas of what this has to look like. So like I worked with a woman who is a mom and a doctor, and she ended up being like, I'm not going to write this book unless I'm unless I'm writing it on the notes app of my phone in between patients while I'm like in a bathroom stall at the hospital. <laughs> so it's like, she wrote an entire novel that way. Oh, or wow. people who, who dictate while they're in the car, like, I'm just going to experiment with talking this thing out loud and letting yeah. my phone transcribe what I'm saying, because that still counts as writing. And I think sometimes right. getting over that first hump so that you're in it and you're excited about it and the creativity takes over is about just like, being willing to experiment with what it looks like to get writing done. Like it doesn't have to be sitting down and typing. I like that. I, I, that is amazing because that's one of the things when I made that goal to write like the 500 words, like I was like, okay, I'll get a nice cup of tea. I'll get my computer. I'll get all cozy. Like I had, yeah. my head. and then every morning I was like, things came up and I'm like, I don't have my cup of tea. I don't have my computer. Like there was things that I was just like, I don't feel like even turning on my computer because I stared at it all day yesterday. Like right. that like were in my head that I wasn't able to meet those expectations kept me from even taking a little step, which would have been yeah. to pull out my nerd app and just start recording. <laughs> yeah. Just start recording or um, I've done all the above. I've like I've gone on walks where I'm just dictating into my phone and that counts as writing. I've handwritten, I've journaled. I told, I've told myself I'm journaling and then I trick my brain into segueing <laughs> into writing stuff for the book. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like I'll start journaling and then yeah. it just sort of drift. <laughs> um, There's mind games. I know. Mind games. Yeah. I've heard of people who will just like carry note cards around and when they have an idea for just well, an idea or even like a yeah. sentence or two that would be good. They just jot it on the note card. And it's like, that's still writing. Like all of right. this is writing. Right. So that's one thought for people who have a book in them. And then for people who are just, it's so funny because I do find a lot of times people are like, I love the idea of being creative. I just don't know where to start. Yeah. And I think sometimes it helps for them to get permission to just not know, but do it anyway. Like you can just sit mm -hmm. down and start journaling. There's this one writer and she's very funny. She's like, if she doesn't know what to write, she just writes what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next. And then eventually her brain turns out <laughs> something. But a lot of times if you just kind of put yourself in the situation where you're handwriting, um, I know Julia Cameron and her she's yeah. this great book called the yeah, artist the way. Are you pages. familiar with it? Yeah. yeah the, the morning, morning pages, pages. Yeah. three pages a day. 
like wake up and do three pages. And, and whenever I've done that, it's unlocked all kinds of, all kinds of ideas. Right. Just so, doing like a brain dump of the things doing that are a brain your, dump. Yeah. Yeah. And let's, and just kind of not, instead of judging yourself, just see where it'll take you. Right. For the first 10 years of being a mom, I told myself that I did not have the time to go out with friends or to learn a new hobby. I told myself that my focus now had to be on my children and they were my responsibility and my responsibility alone. I would feel guilty if I did anything fun without my children and husband, and I'd feel resentful since my husband seemed to just come and go without any of the kids even noticing. I, on the other hand, would get bombarded by my kids if I said I was going for a walk alone, so I stopped trying. I stopped making dates with friends, and I stopped knowing who I was. I didn't know how to ask for help, and I felt weak, and like I wasn't a good mom because I wanted it. I needed help, but I didn't know how to ask. I became a control freak, really, trying to control everything and everyone, because if things weren't in order, it reflected on me and my worthiness. I filled my plate. Boy, was I busy. I volunteered. I led groups. I got involved in everything. Looking back, I can see clearly that I was trying to prove my, my worth. But really, it was exhausting, and it led me to feeling like a failure because I just couldn't keep up. I fed myself all kinds of lies. I don't have time. I don't need that walk. I can do this alone. I thought that the world was going to fall apart if I did something I enjoyed. And I told myself this for so long, I actually stopped knowing what it was that I even enjoyed. Sad, I know. But can you relate? I felt trapped by my own excuses, but it wasn't until I started recognizing them for what they were that I was able to finally break free from them. I created a guide to help other moms break free from the lies and to start taking care of themselves. It took me 10 years. It definitely doesn't have to take you that long. I'll put the link to this guide in the show notes so that you can grab your copy and be on your way to breaking free from the guilt and start rediscovering who you are under that mom hat. Yeah. And like, you know, and, and just knowing like no one ever has to see it. Cause sometimes people will say, I find moms, especially maybe super mom syndrome or whatever, feeling like perfectionism, feeling yeah. like, well, I don't want to do it if it's not going to be good. You know, like right. a lot, like, I feel like that there are a lot of women who have that, like, I don't mm -hmm. want to do it unless I know it's going to be good. And that can be really paralyzing because we just, cause you're not going to know if it's going to be good. Like, right. even if it is going to be good, you're not going to know if it's going to be good. Right. <laughs> so you yeah. have to be, you have to be willing to take that risk and just remind yourself that like, no one has to ever see it. Like you right. don't have to show it to anyone if you're not proud of it. Um, yeah, you have to you be willing it. to not be good. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, we do struggle with that. We struggle with like that whole, you know, if, you know, just there's, there's that negative thought, like the self doubts and judging ourselves before we even take action. And then it stops us from even taking oh that first action. Yes. Yeah. It's so hard. I'm dealing with it right now because I really want to learn French <laughs> and I have for so long and we're going to France next summer. And I'm like, Mary, now it's time. But I signed up for this French class the other day and then I didn't show up to, I, I skipped it because I was so <laughs> nervous about having to speak French badly. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it's funny. I'm like, you're a grown up. Like 
do it. I mean, you know, it, and, right. and like you're, you coach people in doing this with writing all the time. Like yeah. have the bravery to fail and mess up in front of people, but it's so much harder, so much easier said than done. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. So how do you, how old are your kids? How old is like your son? I have older? one son and he's five. No, he's five okay. and a half. He's a little guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so how do you find the time to, cause is he in school even, or how do you, how do you, well, first of all, you're never going to find the time. You have to make the time. So how do you make yeah. the time to do what you love? So I, a, a couple of things that have really worked well for me. Um, I am very now open to different media, different ways of getting writing down. And mm-hmm. I just do whatever is I'm kind of pulled to in a moment. So it might be handwriting in a notebook. It might be typing on the computer. It might be typing on a typewriter, which I have. It might be going on a walk and dictating but I don't judge any of them. It's like, whatever I'm in the mood to do, I'm going to let that be the thing that I do right now. And then also not thinking that it needs to be like hours of time because I, I feel like, especially with moms, I don't know. We, and we, we don't have things going on. We're not going to find it. Like it's not going to happen. Yeah. So it's being okay with like 10 or 15 minutes. And Mm. I'm, constantly surprised with how much I can do in 10 or 15 minutes. I mean, that's probably true of all moms, but it's like, you think, you know, and it's not just writing. It could even be like, you put off doing laundry or doing the dishes. Then you realize, wow, I just did all of that in 15 minutes. That really was not that long. Like you spend so much time anticipating it or dreading it or think it's going to take forever. So like carving out, finding those pockets, um, instead of thinking it has to be some big chunk. Mm-hmm. Again, those expectations, shifting those expectations. Exactly. And then finding, so what I'll do is like find the pockets that are otherwise just sort of me sitting there listening to a podcast or watching TV. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything obviously wrong with that. We all need decompression time, but it's like, for example, this afternoon, I'm going to pick my son up from school and I'm going to take him to reading and reading is 45 minutes. And usually I'm just sitting in the car in the parking lot. And it's like, I could call a friend or listen to a podcast, but I could also write like that's time that I'm sitting in the car that I can just get some writing done. Yeah. And I know I will feel better if I do that I'll probably feel better if I talk to a friend too like that's a different form of self-care right. but like for me right working creatively is fulfilling on this kind of deep level that feels yeah. almost like soul work kind of kind of thing you know like it just I feel better I feel like cleansed or something yeah, like it just yeah, you feel recharged like that is your self-care yes. making that yes. time to write yeah yeah Exactly. And that's the thing, like finding what works for each person is going to be different. And, you know, for those who do find that enjoyment and find that writing recharges them, like I've gotten really into like just the, that journaling and let, you know, yeah. that deeper work of, you know, getting curious about why am I feeling this way? What is going on here? And really allowing myself to have that time to reflect Instead of continuing yeah. going on autopilot and then wondering why my life is chaotic instead of stopping and really actually making those changes Same. that need to happen. So yeah, so finding what works for you and what is going to recharge you and make you feel like a whole person. Yeah. So, Mary, can you walk us through 
the incubator. What is your program called? It's the yeah, it's called the booking. It's called the book incubator. The book incubator. And yeah. um, yeah, and so it's a program where I, I work with mostly women. It's like ninety five percent women, many of whom are moms on on writing then revising because revising always comes next with a, with a novel or memoir um, and then pitching or querying, basically finding a publisher for a novel or a memoir. And so a lot of our, like the, fir- that first phase, the writing phase is a lot of, it's a lot of conversations like what we're having, like figuring out what the idea is, like what is, what is something that excites you enough that you want to spend months working on it and, maybe every single day, maybe not, but like at least a few days a week for months. Um, How do you find time to do it? What are some different ways of setting goals too, that are not necessarily word count? Cause like you were saying 500 words a day, sometimes that works for some personality types and in some circumstances, but for other people, that's sometimes it can be like Ugh. like they hear I 500 words for me. I thought it would it cost on like it's yeah. specific it's measurable it's a smart goal but then it clearly right. did not work for me <laughs> yeah for it well it's interesting with writers because I find some of the best goals are like not smart goals so one kind of method that works well for people working on long-form stories so like novels and memoirs which is what what I work with people on is called the scenes method and it's very intentionally like not measure not really measurable (laughs) um, or specific it's basically writing a scene every day so it's like and it and scene is intentionally kind of vague it's like you're just writing one little nugget of a story what something happens to some people somewhere Mm. that's it and you're just doing that every day and if you do that like it's really interesting because if you if you dissect a lot of novels or memoirs that are just standard adult length you'll find that there are probably between 50 and 80 scenes, depending on the length of the book and how long the scenes are. So if you kind of think about it that way, that's just 50 to 80 of these little, of these elements. And if, if you write one a day, that's like a few months and you'll be done. So there's something like, I find that's really calming about that to people because then they're not worried about whether the scene is 2000 words or 200 words. It's just like, just write yeah. the scene. Let it be as long as it wants to be, and because yeah, you can just if let you've it done unfold. that, you can yeah. just let it unfold, and and that you know you get your check mark for the day if you've gotten yeah. that done. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, walk us through your process. So you help you. Help, I'm sorry. You started with the first part of helping them get the idea, carving out that time, carving out that time. Get to, yeah. So they get the full draft done. Um, at this point, I walk them through revising it because the, the revision process I use and like to teach involves revising it before you've even shown it the full thing to anyone. Um, okay. because a lot of times you can see what's not working that you, and you might as well fix that before you have yeah. anyone else read it. And then sharing your manuscript with, with someone else, as well as with um, a professional editor. So we have professional editors in our program who read your, okay. your full manuscript and then revising again based on that and then um, getting ready to submit it. So to, to pitch it to either literary agents who will help sell it to, to big publishers if you want to mm-hmm. go that route or submit it directly to smaller publishers or in some cases self-publish. Some people choose to do that. Right. Um, I would say most people in my program are interested in, in finding a publisher. That's the more common route. Um, mm-hmm. 
but I also think more and more people are going the self-publishing route. So I think I can see that, that growing. Now, do you focus um, on authors on working with authors who um, are more on the fiction novel aspect, like in that genre, or do you work with both or how? We work with both. So I, I just do, I do novels and then I do memoir. So it's personal storytelling um, and really focused on the personal storytelling part more than like how to. So the kind of book that I wouldn't do would be like, kind of like a how to or an instructional book that wouldn't, yeah. that would not be a great fit just because I don't know how I, I'm not as that's yeah, not my area. That's not your thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so it's, that's why I sometimes say long form storytelling. Cause like whether it's fiction or nonfiction, both of them are, you're telling the story of someone's life or experience across, yeah. you know, 80,000 words or so. Right. Right. How do you, um, or what are your thoughts on somebody writing a memoir, right. And about themselves, like help. And I'm thinking like the moms that I mainly work with are helping moms kind of find their identity outside of their mom hat, like really finding our, that authentic self. And so is writing a memoir, could that be part of that process? Like what did you think? Oh my gosh. Yes. It's funny. Cause the the memoir people in my program have, we have our own separate meeting, separate group than, mm-hmm. than the, the bigger group with all the fiction writers. And, and the, the memoir people are always like the fiction people are missing out <laughs> because <laughs> we're all having these journeys of self-discovery through the writing process that gets yeah. pretty intense. I mean, it's, it's very cathartic for most people and not just cathartic, but like life changing because you, I mean, I guess it maybe is obvious, but it's like in the act of writing about your experiences, you change your relationship to them. Right. And that can be really transformative. I mean, it can be healing. It can be enlightening. It can be, um, it's just transformative because you have a different relationship to your memories after that. And what would you say to the people who say, my life isn't that interesting? Like, why would I write a memoir? (laughs) What I, are you not? What are you not wanting to acknowledge? Because your life's yeah. definitely interesting. <laughs> so <that's what> I'm <laughs> saying. Okay, okay. So you would just challenge that and say, yeah. "There are things in your life like, that." Uh, in fact, I feel like the person who says that probably has the most interesting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> life. <laughs> that is true. Call them out on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, Supermom, overwhelmed and drained in your quest to be the ultimate mom? Daily demands bury you in motherhood, creating a disconnect with your partner. Resentment, anger, guilt, these emotions fester, making it tempting to just drop everything, go on a long extended vacation, and tell no one. I've been there, sacrificing my identity to be the best mom, feeling unappreciated, exhausted, and on the verge of breakdown. As you may be experiencing for yourself, it was impacting my marriage in a big way. Something had to change. And guess what? I held the key. Connecting with myself was what transformed my marriage. I started taking back what rightfully belonged to me, my identity in and out of my role as a mom and my life. And then I learned how to take charge of it. No one will tap you on the shoulder and say, it's time for yourself. If you don't value yourself, no one else will. 
Loving relationships thrive when partners honor their individual selves. The Beyond Supermom program helps you reclaim lost parts, transforming your marriage by transforming your relationship with yourself. Are you ready to reclaim yourself and totally change how you show up in your marriage? Schedule a call with me today to discover how Beyond Supermom can help you. Go to momswithoutcapes.com backslash beyond or click the link in today's show notes. So Mary, what is, what do you do for fun? Um, Aside what do I do for fun? I read, I read a ton. I love reading. That's one of my Who's your favorite author? Oh my gosh, I have a lot. I mean, okay, so right, the best book I've read in the last couple of years is Gabrielle Zevin, who's really young, but she wrote a novel called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, and I loved it so much. That's the best book I've read in the last couple of years. But I read I read a lot of fiction. I read a lot of nonfiction too. Um, yeah. So big reader. Um, I love playing with my son. We do lots of, we just do lots of outdoor playing and that's great. Um, I, what else do I love to do for fun? I'm a big cook. I do love cooking. I like baking. I got into sourdough bread in the pandemic, like everybody (laughs) else. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think those are kind of my big things. I like planning trips. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So if we ever, if we don't have a trip on the horizon, I'll start like, you know, I like to get in deep into the research rabbit hole of like, where could we go next? Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. So do you have a book that you recommend aside from the, from your Gabrielle Young? (laughs) Oh, well, yes. Okay. So on theme for creativity and, and parenting and stuff, I, it's, it's kind of an older book, but I really love Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. It's one of my very favorite um, books on creativity. It's just, it's so liberating and it's so easy to read and it just, it'll make you feel like, I don't know, like there's magic out there in the world and like, you just, you'll feel inspired. It's inspiring. We have a book club, the moms without capes. We have a book club. So I'm always on the lookout. That sounds cool. like a book be right up our alley. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And then where can listeners find you? Um, so the bookincubator.com is where they can learn about the program that I lead. And then um, I have a podcast called the first draft club where I just share a lot of writing tips. It's just me talking. I just um, subscribed this morning, by the way. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. I was preparing for this interview. I'm like, oh, she's got a podcast. I'm going to subscribe. So yeah, yeah. I got downloads now. <laughs> yeah. I just have, I just share writing tips and strategies. It's just like short and sweet. Um, yeah. Those are really the two big places. So. All right. Great. Well, I have all of Mary's information in the show notes of today's episode. So definitely go and check her out. Listen to her podcast. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show today. My pleasure. This was super fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Caves podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes. So send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.